1: It does break my heart that people try to be proactive, they go to their doctor, they have this rather embarrassing conversation and a lot of times married people do this where they'll have to admit that they're a swinger or that they're polyamorous or whatever. So it's taken after sex, after unprotected sex and oral sex counts as unprotected sex. And basically, it's a very small dose of antibiotic called doxycycline that people take, ideally within 24 hours, but up to 72 hours after unprotected sex.
0: When I got an STI, it was—I was so embarrassed. I was mortified. I always thought I got it from the penis-to-vagina contact, but it could have been from the oral sex. I would say plan ahead. <laughs> you know, just this on hand. Can I get a prescription for this ahead of time and have it ready for when I need it?
1: Absolutely. People just go to shamelesscare.com and then there's a tab called STI prevention.
0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I am Layla. Happy Saturday, guys. Well, I am super excited for this episode. I cannot wait to jump in. I have got a returning guest. Robert Johnson is the founder of Shameless Care. He found that to tackle the significant gaps in sexual health care, specifically the absence of throat swab testing for bacterial sexually transmitted infections. He also is here today to talk about something I am so, so excited about, guys. It's called DoxyPep. This is basically the morning after pill for STIs. So if you have more than one partner, you absolutely need to know about this. It's so easy to do. I can't wait to dive in. Welcome, Robert, to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Okay, so in case anybody didn't catch you the first time around, I would love for you to just kind of fill me in again on your background and you know what it is you currently do and kind of give me the story about how you ended up where you are right now doing this interview?
1: Well, I own a company that's called Shameless Care, which is a telemedicine company with board certified physicians in all fifty states, as well as a STI testing laboratory that we contract with and a pharmacy that we contract with and and that pharmacy ships to all fifty states. And the background for me is that my wife and I are non-monogamous and, I had a woman text me a few years ago and and tell me that I had given her gonorrhea and she had in turn given it to her husband. And I was quite surprised by this for a few different reasons, but one of when it was my first STI. But the biggest one was that since I had been with her, I had gotten a, you know, I'm doing air quotes, which no one's going to be able to see, complete STI panel and everything was negative. And she asked me if I had ever been throat swab tested, and I had never even heard of throat swab testing before. Anytime I had been to the doctor, it was just a, a blood draw and and a urine sample, and that was it. So she told me about throat swab testing, and it, it actually took me a, quite a while to find a physician who would do a throat swab testing. My doctor said, you know, I've been testing medicine or practicing medicine for X number of years. I've never even heard of that. He looked at me like I was insane. I finally found one who would do that test, and sure enough, I had a completely asymptomatic case of oral gonorrhea. And that affected me pretty dramatically. I mean, the, the infection itself was completely asymptomatic. That, that part was no big deal. I got a shot in the butt, and I was cured, right? But the part that, that impacted me was I was trying to be proactive, and I was trying to do the right things, and I just didn't know what I didn't know, right? And worse, my doctor didn't know about this either. And so, I, you know, did my research and found out that gonorrhea and chlamydia can both spread through oral sex. They can both be asymptomatic in the throat. And you can imagine how problematic this is because while most people in a random hookup situation or something like that use condoms for penetrative, you know, penis and vaginal sex, I I dare say that most people don't use condoms for oral sex or use dental dams or that sort of thing. And so I realized what an issue this was. And I spent the next couple of years trying to get another company to do this, and they just wouldn't. And, of course, they wouldn't say why, but I imagine the reason is if they're selling a complete STI panel and it says on their website, test for gonorrhea and chlamydia – and it does, but it only tests it genitally. If they were to add a throat swab test in there, they've doubled their cost, and most of their customers don't know the difference anyway. And so we created shameless care to address this issue because I believe that every STI panel should include a throat swab exam. And so both of our STI panels do include a throat swab exam because I just feel like that is so critically important.
0: Right. And I I agree with you. And so I guess I'm still sort of a little bit befuddled as to why most doctors either aren't aware or just aren't gonna suggest it do you know why that is I've never had it suggested to me I'm just saying like I've talked to my doctors pardon I sorry I I, I asked a question now I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna qualify it you know I mean I've had an STI and it was embarrass. it was it was embarrassing you know but Nobody's ever said to me like when I and and even after that Robert after I've gone to get testing you know before I met you I've never had anybody tell me or suggest the throat swab and it feels a little weird because we're going there right consumers are going there to get this addressed or make sure that it doesn't happen and that you're clean and they're just not Really, doing a full test that allows you to know, hey, yeah, I am clean. I don't have these things.
1: Yeah. I mean, what I have read is that physicians, on average, have about four to eight hours over medical school training on these sorts of, you know, STI issues. And I think it's a little unfair to expect, you know, your general practitioner or even your OBGYN to be an expert on every single thing and so you know we're trying to get the word out we're trying to educate people but yeah at the end of the day if most physicians knew this then there would probably be no reason for shameless care to exist which would be absolutely fine with me we we started this company really out of desperation to try to help people and to help address this problem but yeah it does break my heart that people try to be proactive they go to their doctor they have this rather embarrassing conversation, and a lot of times, married people do this, where they'll have to admit that they're a swinger or that they're polyamorous or whatever. And that's an embarrassing conversation, even if it shouldn't be. It often is, and they go through that whole process. And then, you know, everyone's had that experience in the doctor's office where the doctor is typing notes into the computer, kind of trying to listen to the patient at the same time, and <laughs> they're they're ordering tests.
0: You just gave me a flashback.
1: Yeah. I mean that's the way the medical system works today, right? And so the doctor's sitting there, clicking tests, clicking assays on the computer, and ordering them while they're also listening to you. And yeah, it's an unfortunate situation, but that's that's kind of where we are. But I think that's something that we can address with telemedicine quite easily.
0: Yeah. So the reason you're back is because you told me that you've got something new, and when I heard what it was, I was just like, "Holy!" shit. A, I didn't know about this. And B, it makes so much sense. And C, everybody needs to hear about this if you're sexually active, in my opinion, because I feel like it's a real game changer. And I don't believe there's enough information out there about it. But, you know, can you just let's, let's just jump right into your new, this new product that you have. It's Doxypep. Can you give me a quick rundown on what Doxypep is all about?
1: Sure. And this is something that has made, you know, the national news. I, I, I saw it on Foxnews.com the other day and things like that. This is something that um, the public health sector has been pursuing for some time. And there's been research on the subject. And now health departments and physicians and things like that across the country are, are offering it. And, and we are as well. Doxypep is best thought of as like the morning after pill, except for STIs. So it's taken after sex, after unprotected sex, and oral sex counts as unprotected sex. And basically, it's a very small dose of antibiotic called doxycycline that people take, ideally within 24 hours, but up to 72 hours after unprotected sex, and it dramatically reduces the likelihood that that person will have contracted gonorrhea, chlamydia, or syphilis. For chlamydia and syphilis, it reduces the rate by 80%. And for gonorrhea, it reduces it by about 60%. Now, obviously, this is a far different dose. Once that bacterial infection becomes colonized in the body, then obviously, this isn't going to work for that. This is to help prevent someone who's been exposed to those bacteria from allowing them to really become established in in their body. So it's a really exciting thing, and and people see a, a tremendous potential in it to help bend the curve on these gonorrhea, chlamydia, and syphilis rates that we're seeing increase across the country.
0: Good news. Strictly Anonymous
1: podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous
0: or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. So I had, you know, the time, I don't know if I told you the story the last time you were on, I mean, when I got an STI, it was, I was so embarrassed. I was mortified. And, you know, I just when I met with this guy, it was a real, it was a funny episode because I called it ugly fucking. And what I ended up doing was the whole thing was just out of whack, you know, and it was a learning lesson, like from point A to point Z. I mean, I really just botched this. I didn't, you know, I didn't plan properly. You know, there was a lot of things that had to happen or for me to end up coming away with it, with an STI. And I just remember, you know, I mean, really literally it was like two seconds. First of all, we did you're right, we did oral sex. And I always thought I got it from the penis to vagina contact that he did for like two seconds before I said, whoa, wait a minute. What are you doing? Get a condom on. But it could have been from the oral sex. I don't know. You know. I just didn't know enough. I didn't have enough information. I didn't have this knowledge. But had I have known, because I left there feeling like, the whole thing was like wonky, you know, and I'm just like, man, this just did not go according to plan. And I would have known about the Oh, I, I would have been, I would have been popping that like right away. So how soon can you just like utilize this? Because you did mention that it's not for after you have symptoms, right? After you're symptomatic, this isn't like to cure the symptoms. This is to prevent, this is a like, like you said, like a morning after pill, right?
1: Right. The sooner the better. So how
0: soon can you use this?
1: sooner the better. Um, Ideally within 24 hours of sex, but it can be as long as 72 hours. So after 72 hours, there's really no benefit to taking it at all. But the sooner the better in that regard is the timeline there.
0: Yeah. And so first of all, you guys were, you know, you're doing the, you've got your shameless care and how did you come across the Pep, And how, wh- how did you start to inc- want to incorporate this into your products?
1: Well, we follow the sexual health news really closely, as you can imagine. And, and our whole thing is that life is short and sex is great. We're extremely sex positive company. Everybody wants to have their cake and eat it too, meaning like they want to have Random hookups or be polyamorous or be swingers or or whatever their deal is and and not have any negative consequences to that, right? So every every one of us in junior high or high school had the sexual education class, which was really scaring the hell out of everybody that you were going to get AIDS and die if you did anything other than get married as virgins and, and live happily ever after. And so when people start to do these things, they expect that there's going to be some negative consequences to that. And, and I don't think that necessarily has to be true. And so doxypep is something that I think can enable people to have a little bit less risk in their life and enjoy life a little bit more. And then from a broader public health perspective, in the men who have sex with men community as PrEP, not to be confused with DoxyPep, but as PrEP, the antiviral medications have come along. It's really changed the game in terms of HIV. A lot of people are now able to prevent themselves from getting an HIV infection. And and because of that, a lot of people are choosing to enjoy sex without condoms, which I think is fine. It's their decision to make. But a natural consequence of that is that some of these old school STIs like gonorrhea and chlamydia and syphilis, which have been around for many, many, many generations, um, are now increasing in number. And so I think we all have a responsibility to take action, and that's why we're really excited about DoxyPep.
0: Yeah. Okay. So it just, can you give us like, let's get into, I guess, maybe a little bit more of the uh, medical side of this. And I guess, you know, and in layman's terms, how does DoxyPep work exactly?
1: Well, it's an antibiotic and and so it's, you know, when somebody is first exposed to a bacteria and it's not in great numbers, it's not fully established in the body, it's easier to rid the body of that immediately rather than waiting until it's fully colonized. I think one of the things that we should stop and talk about for a minute is the research here because the research has been conducted primarily in men who have sex with men because that is in the united states that is the majority of new stis and so that is where the emergency so to speak is, is happening and so that's the group that has been studied the most and, and it's been proven very very effective in men as far as i know there's been one study done on cisgendered women and while it showed doxypep showed a reduction in syphilis and chlamydia, I believe. It was, it was two of the three infections, and I don't remember exactly which ones. But those changes were not statistically significant. And so research is still ongoing. It's really an interesting story because they used a group of women, I think, in Africa, and about 20% of them were sex workers because, really, they have to find a group of women who have a really high likelihood of contracting an STI. And so they chose this group of about 250 women or so. And, you know, it's really puzzling why it didn't show the same effect in women, because they looked at the blood concentration of doxycycline in men and women, and it was very similar. The concentration of it in like the vaginal tissues and things like that were very similar to what you would see in men's reproductive system. So there's really no reason that it shouldn't work as well. But for whatever reason in the study, it didn't. And the women talked about some of them were harassed for taking it, which doesn't make sense to me, but it's an entirely different culture that I don't particularly understand. But some of the women were harassed for taking this drug after sex and things like that. A lot of the women didn't adhere to the protocol exactly correctly. So it seems to be rock solid in men, but a little less so in women. But I think there's a lot of people in public health and a lot of medical professionals who really think that this probably is going to be effective in women once the research is completed on it. The California Department of Public Health is recommending that physicians prescribe doxypep to anyone who wants it, like anyone who feels like I'm at a high risk of contracting a bacterial STIs, whether they're men or women. And that's really the way that our medical director feels about it as well.
0: Yeah, I actually did a little bit of research and it did seem to be coming up where there's, you know, a lot of websites, California based, you know, that are pro the Doxypep and then providing additional information about it. Uh, That's interesting about the women, but I would also kind of say that, you know, you're only as good as your data points and when you're doing research. And so, you know, maybe, I don't know, I'm not sure why they decided to pick women sex workers in, in another culture where it's also kind of like way more shameful than, you know, in the U S right. You know, where, where naturally I think women would be a lot less forthcoming and just even want to really do it, <laughs> you know, cause it's kind of, it's, I think it's way more frowned upon over there than it is here. It's not, you know, nobody really praises sex work, but in general, overall, so I I wonder why they did it over there. It doesn't seem like where they could really perform and keep the proper standards and the protocols that you need for this type of research. It just 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 my two cents on that. Do you? What do you think?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not a researcher, so I don't know. It, it seemed clear to me that whenever I, I actually did read the research paper, that you know they chose a group of people that they felt like would have a high likelihood of contracting a bacterial STI. And if you just took 500 random, you know, women in the United States, even if they uh, are regulars on Tinder or that sort of thing, I, I think the rates might be <laughs> so low that it's the, the rates might be so low that uh, it doesn't make for a very compelling research study. But like I said, I'm not a, I'm not an investigator and I'm not a scientist. So that's all just a uh, guesswork on my part.
0: Maybe you need to be reaching out to Tinder. I'm telling you, you need to be marketing through these dating apps and like, make sure your, you know, your ads are popping up. No joke.
1: <laughs> well, it is interesting. I think that's you know- a good, like, We focus a lot. We're a very sex positive company. And so we have all sorts of customers. But, But at the bottom line is we have customers who are reaching out to us for STI testing in a very proactive way. So a lot of these people are in hookup culture of some way, whether they're swingers or poly or open or whatever, like they're really on top of it. And so... Our medical director really thought, I believe, in talking with him, that we would have a much higher number of STI positive test results than what we've had. You know, it's it's actually relatively low, these infections of gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis, that sort of thing. They exist. We get positive cases all the time, but the actual percentages, which I don't think I'm at liberty to share with you, are lower than what I think a lot of us thought. And so it just goes to show that if you were putting together a research paper. I think you would, you would really, like I said, you'd really want to have a group of women that are very, very likely to contract one of these things, but I don't know any more about it than that.
0: The way I would assimilate this into my life, I mean, I'm glad I know about it. As you're out there and you're moving around the world and you're meeting people and your intention is that, you know, you're sex positive and you like to you know, you prioritize this aspect of your life, the, the frequency of it, and the maybe the, the, the variation of partners you're going to be with is way more expansive than a lot of the, you know, than the average person. And I would like to have a, this on hand, you know, in case something happens. I mean, like I said, like with this guy, it was, who knows if it came from the oral sex, who knows if it came from the you know, penis to vagina contact that just that two, you know, seconds that really quickly it happened. And I think, I believe that's what it came from. I mean, I don't know, you know, that's just, that's just my personal belief because for as long as I've been sexually active, uh, I always try to be, you know, as conscious as I can about my partners and respectful and everybody's in the loop on what their sexual history is and STIs and all that. You don't, I never, you know, we're doing all this preventative stuff for the penis to vagina contact, but we're not, I'm not thinking about the oral sex, but that being the fact, as long as I've been active, I've only had one STI. And so I kind of think, it wasn't from the oral, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I just felt like it was. I felt like it was from the penis to vagina yeah.
1: contact. Well, mine was definitely from and, oral sex. And, because you it know, was in uh, my, it was in my throat, but but yeah, it is an interesting topic. I know. I, mean, I
0: wouldn't. But yeah, I mean, do you do you have any? I'm curious. Do you have any information on that? Do you know what percentage of these cases are from throat versus? can they tell the difference? (laughs) Oh, sure
1: they can, because it's two different assays. So like in our STI testing panel, there's a genital gonorrhea and chlamydia test, and then there's an oral gonorrhea and chlamydia test. And and I would say our positive rates are about 50-50. So we've not yet had anyone yet who tested positive in both places. So that's actually something that I've heard people kind of push back on this oral testing argument, is they'll say, well, if I had gonorrhea orally, I'd give it to my wife, for example, and then she'd give it to me genitally. And maybe that's true in some cases, but you know, we've spent the past year and a half testing thousands of people. And the positive gonorrhea cases that we have are about 50% oral and about 50% genital. We've not had anyone who tested positive in both locations. So I think it's just a matter of, obviously, these bacterial infections, gonorrhea, chlamydia, and syphilis, all three can spread through oral sex just as easily as they can through genital sex. And if someone's going to go to the bother of getting STI tested, then they absolutely need to be getting both a throat swab test and a genital test. Why not? You know, I'm not involved in the pornography industry at all, but about six months ago or so in the state of California, they had a statewide pornography shooting shutdown, mandatory shutdown, because of a huge gonorrhea outbreak. And I found out during that time, I
0: I heard about that. I heard about that.
1: I, I found out that while talent testing services offers throat swab testing, it wasn't mandatory to be throat swab tested before going to a shoot, and it cost these performers additional money. And so if you stop and think about that, there were surely several people going to the set with negative gonorrhea test results who had an active gonorrhea infection in their throat. And you can imagine how it would be impossible to stop an outbreak under those circumstances. And that's basically what's happening nationwide, except not with people in pornography, but just the general population where they're going to their doctor and asking for a complete panel and only getting, you know, half of what they should be tested for.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I I feel like this should just be something that, you know, you can go like a woman can go and get an only morning after pill at CVS or, you know, wherever. This is something that if something happens where you have unprotected sex, you should have access to this and you, you should, you know, I would say plan ahead, <laughs> You know, just have this on hand. Can I get a prescription for this ahead of time and have it ready for when I need it?
1: Absolutely. People just go to shamelesscare.com and then there's a tab called prevent STI prevention, I think, or something very close to that anyway. And from there, they order Doxypep. It, it adds to your cart, just like you were ordering socks or something like that from Amazon. You just add it to your cart and check out. And then from there, it automatically moves you to a medical intake form. And there you'll be putting down some medical information for the doctor to review to make sure that, you know, that that person is a good candidate for DoxyPep. And other than basic health information to make sure that doxycycline is safe for the person and doxycycline is safe for almost everyone, they're going to be asking you some questions about essentially, do you feel like you're at a higher than average risk for a bacterial STI infection, and somebody who's at least occasionally having casual sex certainly is. And it's very inexpensive; it's one hundred and nine dollars for a year supply. So yeah, for most of us, it's the sort of thing that you can buy, not think too much of it, keep it in your suitcase or your car or glove box, wherever you want, and and take it as a on an as needed basis. I'm telling
0: you, I gotta be popping that after just about every interaction, you know, because. <laughs> There's always oral sex involved. This one having oral sex? You know, and, and just because like I'm saying that to the point that, you know, you still may be using a barrier, some sort of a barrier method, you know, for the penis to vagina, but I've never, you know, I'm, I'm out in myself right now. I've never used a dental dam or anything like that, or I've never had a guy want me to put a condom on before I, you know, gave him oral sex. It just, just hasn't come up. And, so, this I think, is honestly you know if you're having more than one partner, and you know even if you just have one partner, it might be a good idea because you just never know what the other person's up to i don't I just don't see why everybody just wouldn't kind of have this on hand, quite frankly. And then especially there's like, my mind's going to all the different uses. I mean, obviously there's the obvious stuff, right? The swingers and ethically non-monogamous couples, but you never, you know, the more you, you get into that, you don't know what that other person could be bringing to you. And we now have this element, this known element of, you know, that it could be in your throat and the other person's asymptomatic and they just don't even know. So I just kind of think it's a good way all the way around, like. This should be in your, this should go hand in hand with your condoms.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, and nobody spreads gonorrhea or chlamydia knowingly. So if people are spreading it, they're either asymptomatic or they haven't developed symptoms yet. So even if you feel like you know the person really well and they're trustworthy and and that sort of thing, doesn't mean that they aren't bringing something extra to the table. And, you know, a lot of our customers are worried about discretion, which may be why they're seeking out telemedicine. (laughs)
0: Something extra to the table.
1: (laughs) A lot of our customers are worried about discretion, which may be why they're seeking out telemedicine to begin with. And nothing is going to out you faster than having to go to the doctor your local doctor with discharge from your penis or or something like that. And so things that people can take as a preventative, I think can go a long way towards that. It's
0: even worse coming out of your vagina. Let me just say it right now. I mean Whatever's coming out of the penis cannot be worse than what's coming out of the vagina. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well now you can tell me if this is true is I don't I definitely don't want to mansplain this, but as my wife has told me you know, women are some women anyway are so used to having genital pain through UTIs or, or just general pain or what have you that they don't often recognize these things as an STI. Whereas a, a man has almost no unpleasantness down there at all, just just the luck of the draw and, and being a little true. bit easier to be a man, I think, in that regard. So when something hurts down there it's unusual enough that they you know, that they sort of take action. I would like to talk about antibiotic resistance if that's okay Um, because I feel like – Oh,
0: yeah. No, you know, yeah, that's perfect because I also kind of – what I want to talk – I definitely want to go into uh, off of that note, you know, also just are there any myths or misconceptions, you know, and so we can jump into the antibiotic resistance and –
1: Perfect. So a lot of people are concerned about antibiotic resistance because it sounds like just randomly taking a preventative um, antibiotic could lead to antibiotic issues. So, so far, and doxycycline has been around for a very long time, there's no resistance to syphilis and chlamydia have no resistance to doxycycline at all. So we don't suspect that to be an issue. About 25% of strains of gonorrhea have some doxycycline resistance already which i think is why for chlamydia and syphilis doxapeps about 80% effective and for gonorrhea about 60% effective i think it kind of depends upon what what strain of gonorrhea someone is is interacting with so to speak but you know if somebody gets gonorrhea or chlamydia or syphilis then they're definitely going to get like a nuclear bomb of antibiotics and so this is really taking a little bit of antibiotic preventatively to prevent from having to take a massive amount of antibiotics. And so research is ongoing in terms of antibiotic resistance. It's something that the public health sector is obviously really worried about because this is a tool. Doxypep is a tool, but we want to make sure that doxypep in the long term doesn't make things worse. But as of right now, basically all of the experts feel like these gonorrhea, chlamydia and syphilis cases are increasing so quickly that that is going to lead to a huge resistance issue and that doxypep can actually help to reduce antibiotic resistance in the long term. Something else that I think a lot of your listeners can relate to is, and I hear about this all the time, and I actually did another podcast interview earlier this week where the host had had this happen to her before. If you get a call from a partner who says, I just want to let you know I I have gonorrhea And you go to the doctor and you feel absolutely fine. And you say, I just want to get checked because my partner has gonorrhea. Most of the time, that doctor is going to treat you for gonorrhea right then. And they're still going to test you for it. And those test results will come back a couple of days later. And research shows that 76% of the time, that test result is going to be negative. So there are thousands of people across the country every day being treated for STIs that they don't have. And doctors do that for a good reason. Of course, they don't want to turn people loose back into the general public who have an active STI that they haven't been treated for. And there are some patients who you may never see again. So it's like, yeah, you find out two days later that patient had an STI and now you can't contact them and and they're just out in the world, you know, spreading it. I totally get why that happens. But I feel like doxypep can give people a little bit more confidence to say, you know what, let's not do the treatment right now. Let's wait until that test result comes back in 48 hours, and then we'll decide if we want to do the the treatment or not. So I think it could help with antibiotic resistance in that way as well.
0: Yeah. And then what are some of the, um, are there common myths or misconceptions that you come across or aware of that we could dispel?
1: I don't think there's any myths that I know when of. It comes to is, is brand new. I mean, we it's it's new enough that if someone if one of your listeners goes to their doctor and says, "I want Doxypep, that doctor is going to go, "What what is that?" You know, it's just it's that new. Um, there's only one other company I know of that is selling it, and they're selling it for twenty two dollars a dose. We're selling it for hundred nine dollars for fifteen doses, and of course, a lot of that fee goes towards our physician who has to review the case and and they're paid on a per case basis but i do just want to be really clear that while it is effective against gonorrhea chlamydia and syphilis it has no impact whatsoever against the viral stds like hiv hsv you know hepatitis c those sorts of infections and so gonorrhea chlamydia and syphilis which are really quite common and unfortunately are becoming more common it's very effective against those but it should not replace someone's overall safe sex strategy
0: yeah. Very good point. Thank you. Okay. So we kind of covered a lot. Is there So is there anything else you want to say about Doxypep that I didn't ask you or anything else you want the listeners to know about it? And lastly, of course, we want to know where we can find it and find you and how we get it.
1: Well, I think anyone who is sex positive out there and enjoying their life should strongly consider Doxypep. There's a few exceptions to that, which our physicians can help you with. So you just go to shamelesscare.com. You click on STI prevention. Like I said, Doxypep is only $109 per year for a year's supply. That includes the medical evaluation, which of course is all online and asynchronous, meaning you just fill out a medical intake form and a doctor reviews it sometime over the next couple of hours and gets back to you. It includes that medical evaluation, the prescription, the medication and the shipping tax and everything. One hundred nine dollars for a year. It's very inexpensive. It only takes about five minutes wow. or so. So STI prevention at shamelesscare.com. dot com. And then when it says, how did you hear about us? Just be sure you put in the Curious Girl Diaries.
0: Yes, please do, guys. That that way, you know, everybody knows where you came from. All right. Well, Robert, thank you again for coming back on. That was fam- fabulous. I'm super excited about this. I will be getting, I know I'm going to get a prescription because why not? I mean, this, this is, to me, this is great. Like I don't ever want to have to go through, you know, what I went through before. It's embarrassing. It's not necessary. And I want to, you know, do everything I can to prevent it. And thank you so much for coming on and educating me and my listeners about Doxypep. All right, everyone. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please do check out shamelesscare.com. Lots of great information. If you're sex positive, this is just stuff you want to have in your arsenal and you want to know about. Thanks so much for listening, guys. You know, I love your feedback. My favorite thing for you to do is to go to my website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com, and leave me a voicemail. I get back to each and every one of you personally. You just click on the pink tab on the right-hand side. You have five minutes. Let it rip. All right, everyone, stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media.